Hello and welcome to Living Word Ministries where everyone is a winner. Join us as we rightly divide the word of truth. Praise God. Praise, praise, praise the Lord. Praise, praise, praise the Lord. We give thanks for another day. I am excited because he gives us life that we can praise him, that we can worship him. Amen. How's everyone? Blessed, highly favored. Amen. How was last week? How was last week? Awesome. Amen. Amen. How was last week for you? Not last weekend, the course of the week. It was awesome. What was different about last week? Was it hot? Was it? It wasn't hot. It was extremely hot. Wonderfully hot. Yeah, I got a picture from someone who said, summer has arrived. But to some people, it was too much. But you know, it's, it's just amazing. This actually fits nicely into the message for us today. The message that I had actually prepared the message a few weeks back. So I didn't realize it was going to be that hot. But, you know, it's just amazing how God uses the things around us. The things that we experience on a daily basis. The things that we see on a daily basis. How God uses those things to actually minister to us. So, um, towards the end of last week, I was catching up with someone. And I said, oh, how's your week been? And the pastor said, I think the pastor said, it's been really hot. In something in those lines. I said, oh, how have you coped with the weather? And he said something that really, really touched me. He said, it actually reiterates, I'm paraphrasing, the fact that hell is so, is hotter than this. And no, I think I need to read it. Days, days like this remind me that I don't want to go to hell. And you know, I said, that is just so, so true. Because if from what we know of hell, I mean, I, I would probably say what we experienced is probably point, point, you know, a point, maybe a million degrees of what hell is like. And if so many people complained, I mean, two people died because it was just so hot that they had to go and swim in the Thames and lost their lives, not to talk of what hell is like. So like I said, I wasn't deviating because what we're going to talk about today is God's charge to us. But how God presented this to me was through the things that we see, the things that we experience on a very day-to-day -day basis that sometimes we don't actually 
think so much about. So, um, God's charge to us. Amen. Now, um, we're not going to be able to finish today, so I'm just going to lay the foundation. But I do trust that we'll be able to catch something from today that we'll be able to, you know, meditate on in the course of the week. So, can I have that first slide, please? Right, that dude doesn't look too happy. Now, when you, look, when you see a cow, what do you think about? Pardon? You think about meat? You think about milk? You think about cheese, right? And I think as a, you know, when I was in secondary school, I think I was taken to one of these farms. And those are the things that were presented to us then, you know? You get your cheese, you get your milk, you get your meat from them. Tastes really nice, doesn't it? But who would ever think of a cow and think of scripture? No, can I, let's be honest. Has anyone ever looked at a cow and thought about scripture? No, I didn't until um, about a month ago. So I was having my devotion and I asked God certain questions and the word that came back to me was a cow. And I thought, what's a cow got to do with this? And then I remembered back in school, there was a sentence about chewing the cord. And I thought, interesting. So I had to do, go and do some more research. Now, for those of you who know or those of you that don't know, I didn't know until I did a research on it. A cow has four parts to their stomach, right? Four parts to their stomach. Um, do we have that video clip? If we have, I'm just going to, we're just going to run a video clip to show us the various parts and what they do. Can we all see that? swallows and it travels into the first two compartments. These are the rumen in reticulum. This is a big water tank the food moves from side to side and it gets soft. Now, the cow burps up the food, she regurgitates and chews it for a second time. We call this chewing her cud. This enables the cow to digest foods that people can't eat like hay and cottonseed holes. She now swallows her cud and these smaller pieces move to the third and fourth compartment, the omasum and the abomasum. This special digestive process allows cows to produce delicious and naturally nutritious milk. Amen. So I'm not sure if you really heard the whole part of that. So basically what that video is telling us is that when a cow eats and they graze, they first take in their food. And when they take in that food, they eat it, they eat it but that goes into a certain compartment of their stomach, after which they bring it back up again and they chew and chew and chew until it's soft enough for them to be able to digest properly. Which is quite interesting when you think about the Word of God because you'll say, what's that got to do? But when you actually, if you notice cows, which I've never noticed before, Apparently, they eat continuously, they're chewing continuously for eight hours. And that's because 
when they're chewing, they're trying to make sure that that food is actually soft enough for them to digest. Otherwise, that would cause digestional problems for them as well. So, when we look in Scripture, because I thought, hang on, so what's that got to do with Scripture? And I found in Leviticus 11, verse 1 to 3, God's command to Moses and to Aaron about certain animals they should eat and the ones they should not eat. Amen. Amen. Leviticus 11, verses 1 to 3. Yes, please. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying to them, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, These are the animals which you may eat among all the animals that are on the earth. Among the animals, whatever divides the hoof, having the cloven hooves and chewing the cud, you may eat. Amen. Amen. So let's have a look at that picture that's got the hoof, so that just in case people are not sure what. So these are the sort of animals that God told Abraham, told Moses and Aaron to tell the people of Israel they could eat. Now, there are exceptions to that, but that's not the purpose of, of the message today. So most of them were animals that had split hooves like that. So where that, that come into the word of God? If you go to Joshua chapter 1, please. Amen. Verse 1 to 9, please. Thank you. Amen. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all of the land of the Hittites, and the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you in all the days of your life. As I, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Amen. I will not leave nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give to them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, and you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Amen. Amen. So if I was to say to someone before we saw the cow, you need to chew the cord, wouldn't that sound insulting? Because you think, why should I chew a cord? But when you look at the word of God, that is technically what God is telling us to do. That the word of God should not depart from our mouth day or night. What I hear here is God saying, focus. 
look ahead. You have a goal. You have a finish line. You know, when you're driving, you have these, I call them sleeping policemen. You know, and what are those meant? They're speed breakers, but I call them sleeping policemen. But what those are meant to do is actually slow you down. And in our spiritual walk as well, there will be situations, there will be people that will slow you down. But when we continue to meditate on the word of God, we would understand things that would slow us down and we will be able to avoid those things. God gave a charge to, uh, to Joshua and he promised him, he said, as I was with Moses, I will be with you. So he had that confidence. But if you notice, the other thing was, not once, not twice, did he say, be strong. So that meant that he knew that there were situations that he would face that would make him weak. And that was why he was reiterating it. He says, be strong and be courageous. Be strong and be very courageous. God knows our future. God knows the things that we would face. And that's why it's important that before we do anything, we have God go ahead of us through his word. Because he's the one that will say, this is the way. Walk in it. There are times when people say, oh, something told me not to do that. And that's the Holy Spirit speaking to us. Because he already knows what's ahead of us. We shouldn't get sidetracked. And when you're walking with God, when you're walking in the Lord, the enemy would always endeavor to sidetrack us. And sometimes it could be things, it could be as easy as our jobs. You used to go in nine to five and all of a sudden, you know, when you get born again, now you find that there's more demand on your time. And the more demand the world has on your time, the less time you have for the things of God. I was speaking to Auntie this morning and we were just talking about social media. And I was saying it's sad how much social media has taken over the lives of this generation. I had to make a choice. I came off Facebook, I think in February, because I just found that it was taking so much of my time. You want to find out who's written what, who's liked you, who's made a comment. And some people live their lives based on how many, how many likes they've had. Now, I'm not saying social media is not good, but what I'm saying is we need to use wisdom. Because if we're spending more time on social media and we don't have time for the things of God, how do you get to know what God is saying to you? Make room for delays. You know, when I'm going somewhere, I always add about half an hour extra to my time. 
Because I don't like apologizing for being late. I'd rather get there, sit in the car, than get there late. And that's just me. I mean, there are other areas I probably struggle with. And I'm trusting God for those areas. But areas of my life where I've able, I am strong and I'm courageous, I take hold of those. We need to realize and we need to understand and we need to accept that there are certain areas that we're trusting God for. One of the SBS classes we were you know, talking about, it says the only way you have get deliverance is when you realize there's an issue. Until you realize there's an issue, you, you're, you don't want to do anything about it because you don't have that realization. Only when you are strong are you able to strengthen others. A weak person can't strengthen anyone else because they're too busy dealing with their own issues. So as God is encouraging Joshua to be strong, he's encouraging him to be strong so that he can strengthen the Israelites. He has a job. He has a duty. He, has, he, he needs to take them into the promised land. And he needs the strength of God to do that. You know, last week we were talking about obedience. A few weeks before, week before that, we were talking about you are who you, you are, not what you say, but what you do. And we still said that this morning. So how much time are you spending chewing the cord of God's word? When we're going to work, we should be, you know, we should be alert spiritually. When we're at work, we should be alert spiritually. Anywhere we are. And that's why we, 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 we can pray anywhere at any time. God through Jesus Christ, has given us everything that we need. And what we need to do is search the word. Let's take a look at another scripture. Let's look at Luke chapter 4, verse 14. Luke chapter 4, verse 14. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. And news of him went throughout all the surrounding region. Amen. Is that? Sorry, 14 to 21. I'm sorry. Amen. Yeah. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. So he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and, to reco and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty 
those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down, and the eyes of all that were at the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today this scripture is fulfilled, is fulfilled in your hearing. Amen. Amen. So just to give us a bit of background, this was after Jesus had been tempted by Satan and, you know, he goes back to his hometown and he goes into the synagogue as he would normally do. He picks up the scroll of the prophet Isaiah and he begins to read. And the Bible says, when he found what had been written concerning him. My question to us this morning is, have we found what God has written concerning us? And how do we find it if we haven't found it? Have we searched? Only in us searching the scriptures would we know what God has written concerning us. What has it written concerning your finances? What has it written concerning your children? What has it written concerning your work? Every single thing that we need is in the word of God. It only takes us opening the word and finding what he says concerning us. Jesus found what was written concerning him. And he affirmed that in the synagogue. And if Jesus is our example... We are to do likewise. Find what God has said concerning us. You know, someone says the Bible is the written word of God. But I beg to differ. The Bible is actually the spoken word of God. Because the word of God was first and foremost spoken and then written so that we can read it and speak it to our families, to our friends. To our work colleagues. And the beauty is that we have so many versions. So we have no excuse. And the same way God has spoken into existence, we can also speak because we have the Spirit of God. So what are we speaking with our mouths? Are we agreeing with the world? Or are we agreeing with the word? When we read the word and we hold on to it, and then we have the world tell us something else, what do we do with it? Some of us go to the Lord in prayer, and God says, It's fine, it's done. I've got your back. And then we walk away from the place of prayer. And we hand those situations into the hands of man. And like our sister said this morning, sometimes we get ill-advised. Even by people that we respect. Because we're taking their word above the word of God. Whose reports would we believe? What are we saying with our mouths? What are the words that are coming out of our mouths concerning the situations in our lives? 
When we agree with God, we will see a massive change in our lives, in our situations. We talked about it. How do we encourage our family members? How do we encourage our friends about the word of God? Someone said personal testimonies. Yes. Because we are the greatest testimony that people would see. How do you live your own life? What has God done for you? It's great for us to say this is what God did for Abraham and for Isaac and for Jacob. But what has he done for you? The life I used to live, I live that no more. Words are destiny changers. Are you changing your destiny by the words you speak? What are you saying about your future? Are you agreeing with the report of the doctor? Are you agreeing with the report of the teacher that talks you down? Are you agreeing with the words of the manager? There are some words we just cannot afford to agree with. You are what you agree with. If we continue to chew the cord spiritually. You know, I just, I was lying this morning and I thought, wow. Can you imagine if we just sort of like deliberating and meditating over the word of God for eight hours. You know, it just gives, it gives no room for anything else. And I'm not sure, one of these great men of faith, I'm not sure if it's Miss Wigglesworth, who says, I don't go for more than five minutes without praying. And I don't pray for more than five minutes. I know it was one of them. And you know, when I first heard that, I thought, hmm, that's strange. How can you not go without? But I, I later understood what he meant. It was that he was always spiritually conscious. Even while you're doing physical things, you can be spiritually conscious. So I encourage us, and um, we're going to continue the next time on this, but you know, the word of God says, it says, let the word of God dwell in you richly. The value of the word of God, let it dwell in you richly. And that just means we need to be God conscious. So when the enemy comes in the night and he sees you meditating and he sees you, oh, praise the Lord, even in your sleep, he will flee. Because he knows this one's a no-go area. There are times, I, and I'm sure I've shared this, there are times when I wake up and I find myself singing in my sleep. Let us make room for God. Let's make time for God. Let's think about how the cow chews their food. Because that's their, that's their physical food. Our spiritual food is the word of God. So if we take that same example from the cow and have a word that we're meditating on, 
every time, every situation, have a word for it. We're going to carry on the next time because there's some other things that God's wanting me to share. Um, there's a word that I'm actually excited about. I actually Googled it and it wasn't there, so I knew that was from the Lord. I'm not going to share it today. But, amen. But if you want to know what it is, be here the next time. But, you know, as I close, I just want to encourage us. Find a word in the Bible. Find a scripture that speaks to your situation. One. You don't need a lot of scriptures. Find one scripture that you can use to encourage. Find one scripture that talks to your situation. And as you do that, on a day-to-day basis, on a week-to-week basis, on a month-to-month basis, you develop your relationship with God. And as you walk with him, he'll walk with you. And all things shall be made right. In Jesus' name. Amen. I believe you've taken something from this. Meditate on the word of God. Be strong. Be courageous. Be very courageous. Because the Lord your God is with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Like the American says, he's got your back. Amen. God bless you. for listening. Join us for our weekly Sunday service at 10.30am at 336 Brixton Road. We hope you were blessed.